Thank you for listening to this message from Northwest Hills Community Church in Corvallis, Oregon. You can learn more about our church at nwhills.com. Today, Pastor Josh Carstensen is continuing a series on John. But we start in Ezekiel chapter 34, where God promises he would come and be our good shepherd. Then, in John chapter 10, Jesus declares he is that good shepherd. He fulfills that promise and proves once again that he is God. After the message, you're invited to answer some application questions, which you can find on our website right under the worship service video. Now, here's today's teaching. Uh, I, I want to ask you a question about leaders. Right? When, you, when you think about a leader, when you think about the, the word leader, what comes to your mind? Right? Do you think about someone who's bold? Think about someone who's confident, someone who's kind, who's courageous? Do you think about someone uh, who leads people well? Do you think about um, a woman? Do you think about a man? Right? Do, you, do you think about a good leader when you think about the word leader? Or do you think about a bad leader? Right? There's all kinds of leaders that we interact with. You know, we, we think about leaders of nations, right? We have a president. We think about leaders of, of states. And in the last year, leaders have played probably a little bit more of a significant role in our lives and maybe in times past. We think about governors, think about rules they have to make. We think about city leadership, right? We think about leaders in homes. We think about leaders amongst families. Like I think in all of our families, some of us have patriarchs and matriarchs, people who kind of lead and set the tone for our families, we think about leaders in schools. We think about principals. We think about presidents of schools. We think about teachers. All these are different types of leaders, right? We have um, pastors. We have youth pastors in churches, right? We have a leadership team. We have elders. There's all kinds of people who are leaders to a certain degree. And um, there's a lot of different things that we think of when we think about the word leader. When you think about the word leader, I'll ask you this. Do you generally trust leaders or are you generally skeptical of leaders? Right? I, I think some of us, we have experiences where we've had um, pretty positive experience with leaders. And, and you know our interaction with them has been pretty positive. And so we feel encouraged. And, and overall, I, I know certain people, my wife is definitely one of them, is like, oh, we, she just naturally trusts people. If someone is in authority, she trusts them. And, and there are a very, very few people who are like that. Right? I think a lot of us, when we think about leaders, we're skeptical. We're skeptical for a lot of reasons. I I myself would be one of these people who's just kind of naturally a bit more skeptical of someone in leadership for a lot of different reasons. Some of us have been hurt by leaders, right? We've been burned by leaders. We've been taken advantage of, right? we've, We've seen a lot of poor leadership throughout our lives. Whether it's in government, whether it's in um, local authorities, whether it's in our family structures, whether it's even in our own homes, we've seen examples of poor leadership all over the place. Right? We think about leaders, and some of us are skeptical, even just thinking about the highest level of leadership in our country. I, I can't remember in my voting lifetime being like super excited about any of the leaders that I'm voting for. Right, and you, when you when you break it down to like people's policies and the personalities um, and their personal lives, I, I I have not I have yet to be really really excited about any of our greatest leaders so far, and maybe that's on me, but I I don't know. I'm a bit skeptical with all that, and so as a whole, I think a lot of us um, when we think about leaders, we're a bit skeptical. Right? The problem is that we've seen a lot of bad leadership, and throughout history, this is nothing new. Like, there's been bad leaders for a very, very long time for, for throughout, you know, even the entire history of our Bible. We've got a lot of really, really poor leaders. We've got some great ones, and we love to talk about them, but we also have a long history of really poor leaders. 
The Bible talks about leaders all the way back to the very beginning, even to the very beginning of Genesis. And it, it uses the analogy, the metaphor of a leader as one of a shepherd. It's really interesting. This is an analogy that's talked about all the time in Scripture. Um, and it's one that in, the, in ancient Mesopotamia, people would have been very familiar with the life of a shepherd. Right? You go all the way back to Adam and Eve and, and their first children. Abel was a shepherd. Right? You go to some of the early church fathers, the early leaders, whether it's Abraham or Isaac or Moses, like these were all people who were shepherds. And so the analogy of a leader as shepherd is something that was very familiar in the ancient world. And the, the Bible talks a lot about leaders as shepherds. And there's kind of two primary leaders when it comes to being a shepherd that the Bible talks about. The first leader, the first shepherd that the Bible talks about, one that's probably not too surprising, is God himself. Right, God Himself is seen. Am I? Is my mic still on? Yep. Okay. God. Sorry, I can't hear very well. But um, God Himself is seen as a shepherd, and we see this language very early on, all the way back to Genesis chapter forty-eight. Listen to this. Um, Jacob is speaking to his son Joseph. He's kind of uh, preparing him for the next season of his life, and he's talking about God as a shepherd. We see this in verse fifteen. It says, "The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked." The God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. He's saying God has looked after me. God has taken care of me. God has been a leader to me. He has guided my life personally. Right? One of the most famous passages in the Old Testament from David, um, from Psalm 23, talks from David saying, The Lord is my shepherd. Right, if you were here with us, I think about a year ago, Justin, our, our worship guy, led us through um, a, a sermon on that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so God is seen as a shepherd. He's a leader. He leads his people. And so that's kind of the first uh, shepherd, the first leader that we see in Scripture. But there's another leader that we also see in Scripture, and that is mankind. Right? God alone isn't the only shepherd. We see all over the Bible that men and women are leaders. We are shepherds. Right? We see this of David, who's called a shepherd in 2 Samuel 5.1, when he's anointed to become king. Listen to these words. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was our king over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be my shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. Constantly, the Bible is talking about people as leaders, as shepherds, right? Over 150 times in scripture, people are referred to as shepherds, as leaders, right? We see this all over the Old Testament. We see it all over the New Testament. Um, We see this for the word pastor. My title literally comes from the Latin word that means shepherd, which is kind of strange if you'd call me Shepherd Josh, but Pastor Josh is also really strange. If you didn't grow up in church, that's kind of a weird term as well. But it literally means someone who guides people um, to truth, guides people to life, guides people to green pasture, again, in the analogy of the term shepherd. And so Pastor Shepherd is a very, very common idea throughout all of Scripture. But again, one of the, the things that we see perpetually as these men, as these women who are leaders and shepherds throughout history is that they often really struggle to be good shepherds. We see long history of leaders, long history of shepherds being actually pretty poor shepherds. Shepherds who are taking advantage of the people that they're leading. Shepherds who um, are cruel. 
Shepherds who are in it for themselves. Shepherds who are not loving and leading people well. We see a lot of this, and a lot of people in this room, a lot of us here, we know this all too well. We see a lot of hurt, and we see a lot of pain from shepherds to their sheep. And I've got a bunch of my own. I'm going to share some of that here today in a bit. But we see a a long history of a lot of leaders who have hurt a lot of people. Right, We've got a long uh, period after David, who was a pretty good shepherd in a lot of ways. You see his son Solomon, who was a pretty good shepherd, a pretty good leader. But then you get 300 years after him of really, really, really bad leaders, really poor leaders who hurt a lot of people. It's after 300 years that God speaks up. And he has something to say about these leaders. He has something to say about these shepherds. And we find this in Ezekiel chapter 34. I should have given you a heads up because we're going we're gonna to go back and forth between Ezekiel 34 and John 10 quite a bit today. So if you've got a Bible, let's go Ezekiel 34 and let's hear what God has to say towards these shepherds, this long run of really, really poor leadership when it comes to people loving and leading God's people. I'm going to read this in Ezekiel 34, starting in verse 1, and I promise you we'll get to John 10. It'll be a bit, but we'll get there. Listen to God's heart here. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. He says, you have become bad leaders. You have not loved the people you are leading well. You've taken advantage of them. You see them as opportunity for your personal gain. People are hurting, they're struggling, and you have done nothing about it. So listen to what God says he is going to do. I'm going to summarize a lot of this. He says 16 different things that he will do. He says, therefore, or starting in verse 10, behold, I am against the shepherds. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from their countries. I will bring them into their own lands. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the high and the mountain heights of Israel shall there be grazing lands. They shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture. They shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. 
And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. Enough is enough is enough is enough, God is saying to these very, very poor leaders. He says something so beautiful. He says, yes, you humans are shepherds, but there will be a day where I myself will come and I will shepherd my sheep. And I'm going to do all these things. And I'm going to come through the line of David. This would have been some 400 years after David. He says, this is what I am going to do. I have said it. It will happen. This is a promise. This is what I will do. I have spoken. Do you feel both the hurt and the hope in this passage. Right, there's an incredible amount of hurt, and I know it can get kind of confusing with the analogy of shepherd and sheep, and it seems, you know, we kind of get lost in this, but man, he's talking about a lot of people who should be loved well by those over them, who should be taken care of by those over them, but they're not, and they're hurting, they're struggling, they're on their own, they're being taken advantage of, they feel like they have no way forward, they feel like they are not loved, and Jesus feels that pain, God feels that pain, he says, I myself will come, and I will be your shepherd. A lot of us feel this pain. We know this pain of what it's like to not be under a good leader. When I think about some of my life, and in the last 30 years, I'm 36, so kind of the last 30 years, I've been under six different lead pastors. And all but one are no longer in ministry. And that's not because they had 30-year runs and retired well. A lot of them really struggled. I think four, maybe five out of six are not even in church at all anymore. You want to talk about pain and hurt? And I've been really close with all these people. I think a lot of us, if you grew up in, in a church, you know what it's like to be under a leader where you struggle to follow them as a leader because some of the things that they've done, some of the things that they haven't done. Right? Even sometimes when there's good leaders, uh, good leaders unintentionally hurt at times too. Not even just bad leaders, but there's good leaders who hurt people who don't mean to hurt people. But I, I, I think about some of the conversations I've had with different friends of mine who've been preparing for ministry when I was preparing and I was in seminary and how a lot of us, there, there's not a lot of us still left in ministry. And I'm only, what, 15 years in? A few years ago, I was talking to one of my professors. We were at a conference together. And it's one of my professors, professors in seminary. And, and we were saying like, man, he asked me what, is, what I was doing. I said, I'm, I'm pastoring. And he said, wow, that's incredible. Someone who went through seminary and is still pastoring? Praise God. And, and it was sad and shocking. But that's the reality of a lot of life as a leader. But a lot of us know the hurt and pain of being under a bad leader. Whether it's a spiritual leader whether it's a leader in your home, right? Whether it's a leader at your workplace, you know what it's like to, to feel abused by a boss, by a coworker, by someone in authority over you, by someone who should be out for your good, but someone who's taking advantage of you. I think all of us at a certain point know what that is like. We know what it's like to feel weak, to feel insecure, to feel like we are not being cared for. 
But God doesn't just leave us there. He leaves us with a tremendous amount of hope because he says this in verse 15 of Ezekiel 34. He says, I myself, I'm going to come as the good shepherd. And I will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak. Well, how does that happen? Because a lot of us are still hurting. A lot of us feel like we still don't have a great shepherd. What does this look like? And what did this look like in Ezekiel 34? Well, you've got to fast forward some 500 years to when this promise becomes reality. Right, and this is where we find ourselves in John chapter 9, this interaction that Jesus has. If you were with us last week, John 9 and 10 go together. You cannot separate the two. It's the same conversation. It's the same engagement. You remember back to last week, if you weren't here, I'll fill you in on a little bit of what happened. Last week, Jesus, he meets a man who's been blind uh, his entire life. He was born this way. Again, we, we try to figure out what that would be like to be in that type of suffering, to be that kind of outcast forever, to not feel welcome, to not feel like you have a place. And this man was born blind his whole life, and Jesus heals him. He does it in a very unique way. It's kind of a strange way. He does the whole mud on the eyes and asks him to go do something, to kind of act in faith first, and then he can believe or believe and then see. And the reaction of the leaders is just mind-blowing. Right? You remember from last week, so here's this man, and, and you would think that the pastors would be so excited that this man has sight. You think that a good leader... Right? You think that a healthy leader would say, praise God, look at this man. He was blind his whole life. Now he can see. This is incredible. But what do they do? They get angry. They get angry that Jesus heals someone on the wrong day. You want to talk about abuse? You want to talk about hurt and pain? I mean, how is this man supposed to feel? You're supposed to be the leaders. You're supposed to be the shepherds. And what are you doing? And then not only are they upset with Jesus, they're upset with the blind man because they, they question the blind man. And he says, hey, this Jesus has to be something special because these types of healings don't happen from just anyone. He's got to be from God. And what do the leaders do? They abuse him again. They kick him out and they say, you're not welcome, you uneducated fool. Get out of here. How would you teach us? So Jesus turns to these leaders today, and this is where we're going to pick it up in John 10. This is the whole conversation he has to say in response to this really, really poor leadership. We see this in verse 1 of chapter 10. Here's Jesus, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Yeah, we get a little confused in the analogy of sheep and shepherd. I get it, sheepfold, and let me try to make this as simple as possible because if they didn't understand, I'm sure it's hard for us to understand as well. So again, analogy of, of sheepfold here. Jesus is saying to these leaders, he's using the analogy of shepherd and sheep, and he's saying, hey, uh, if you want to know God, if you want to be in his protection, if you want to be saved, if you want salvation, you have to be in God's sheepfold. Right? And the analogy of the sheepfold is one of a kind of a, a pen where there's, there's gates and there's walls around it, but there's one door. 
right? So sometimes this was a cave where there's one entrance. Sometimes this was stacked stones in a, a big circle or some sort of square, but one entrance. And Jesus is saying to these leaders, hey, you didn't come in the right way. You snuck in. You're thieves and you're robbers. You didn't come in the right way to God's presence. You think that you know him. You think that you have God's protection, but you don't. You didn't do it correctly. He makes this a little more clear starting in verse 7. So Jesus says to them again, again, he's clarifying because they didn't understand. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go go in and out to find pasture. He says, if you want to know who God is, if you want to be in God's protection, you cannot come any other way except through me. The only door, the only way in is through me. And so if you want to know God, if you want his protection, if you want to be in his kingdom, if you want to be saved, the only way that that happens is through me. And again, remember, he's saying this to spiritual leaders. He's saying this to pastors. He's saying this to elders. He's saying this to small group leaders. He's saying this to people who believe that they know what they're doing when it comes to leading people. And he's saying, you got it all wrong. You are thieves and you are robbers. And he describes what thieves and robbers do in verse 10. And this is a very famous verse. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You leaders are thieves and robbers. You think you know God, but you don't. You steal, you kill, and you destroy. And where does that come from? That comes directly from Ezekiel 34. When God describes what is happening to these religious leaders, they steal, starting in verse 1, referring back to what I read earlier. Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Right? You're stealing food that's not yours. You kill, in verse 3, you eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, and you slaughter the fat ones. And you destroy, starting in verse 4, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. With force and harshness, you have ruled over them. You steal, you kill, and you destroy. This is pretty bad news for leaders who do not submit to Jesus. You think that you're right. You think that you're good shepherds. You think that you know the way in. But you're thieves and you're robbers and you're stealing, you're killing, and you're destroying. But this is what Jesus says that he does. And this is a famous verse as well. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And listen to the reason why. Because, you got to get verse 11 in here. You cannot separate 10 and 11. Because I am the good shepherd. I am the one you've been waiting for for 500 years. In Ezekiel 34, when God says, I myself will come, I will come as this good shepherd. I will be the good shepherd. I myself will shepherd my sheep. Here's Jesus coming back saying, I am the one that you've been waiting for. I am God. I am the good shepherd. And because I am the good shepherd, I give you life and life abundantly. Apart from me, you cannot enter in. But I am this good shepherd that you've been waiting for. And the word good is so weak in our English language. right? You, you look at the word uh, good, it's it, from the Greek word kalos, and, and it means excellent, beautiful, eminent, surpassing, precious, admirable, commendable, in excellence in its nature and character. I am this good shepherd. I am God. I am here to take care of you. I give you life and I give it to you abundantly because I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. 
That's what life and life abundant is all about. So what do we get when we talk about life and life abundant? Right? Is, is life and life abundant just like everything goes well all the time? That, you know, every spring bake, you're cruising to Cabo, that, that your kids are all doing well, that you got the house you want, you got the car, you got the relationship. Is that what life and life abundant is? Life and life abundant is very clear from Ezekiel 34 what it's, what we're going to get. Life and life abundant is life under a good shepherd. Because what is the promise? The promise isn't that all of a sudden Jesus is going to say, you're no longer a sheep. That's not the promise. He's not going to say, hey, now you're going to be lions. Now you're going to be eagles. You can do whatever you want. He says, no, the, the good life, the life and life abundant is that you have a good shepherd. So when you are lost, I will come and find you. The good life is when you are hurt, I will come help you. When you are longing for someone to care for you, I will be there for you. Because guess what? All these earthly shepherds, they're going to fail you. But you need one who will never fail you. As we close, I want to quickly just say four things. And I promise you this will be quick. Number one, there is only one shepherd that's the good shepherd. I think this is something for me as a leader and obviously pastor, shepherd. I think as a a pastor, um, I've seen a lot of examples before me and I've seen a lot of failure. And so it puts a lot of pressure on me. I, I see a lot of people who failed. And first of all, I don't want to be that person, right? I don't want to be the person who, who fails, but I recognize at some point I am going to fail because I am not the good shepherd, right? At some point, your spouse will fail you, right? At some point, your boss will fail you. At some point, every single leader that we have will fail us. That is a promise But there is only one good shepherd who never fails. Number two, remember that we are sheep. Right? And as sheep, what do we need? We need a couple things. We we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. We live in a day and age where we feel like I don't need someone taking care of me. I, I'm independent. I can live my own life. I can do what I want to do. But this constant reminder throughout all the scriptures that no, you, you're a sheep. You need someone to, to look after you. You need someone to care for you. You need someone to say, I, I don't know about this in life. I don't know about how you're treating people this way. I don't know about how you're doing business like this. You need to follow me. I have the good life. I have the abundant life. You need to follow me. You need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. And we need to hear his voice. We need to know his voice. Right? Obviously, I didn't read all of John 10. It's a powerful passage. Go read it this next week. It talks about hearing his voice. Right? We hear God's voice when we open up his word, when we hear what he has to say, when we recognize what's true, what's good, what's from God, and what isn't. It's how we know his voice. A sheep know a shepherd's voice. As we're sheep, we also need to remember that we need a flock. Right? This is something that, again, coming out of COVID is such a reminder for all of us Sheep don't exist on their own. In every single context of the scriptures talking about sheep, they always exist in the context of a flock. You belong to other people. And it can be so easy, once again, to feel like I can do my own thing. And yeah, it's just me and my shepherd. There is no individuality in that context outside of you belonging to a whole. We belong to one another here. Right? Our, our vision is, to, be, is to, to love Jesus, to live like him, and to make him known. To love him, we talk about to be part of this, to be part of a church, to engage with one another. Right? To, to be in community with one another. Because here's the deal, like I, I can shepherd maybe 15 people well, maybe. 
Right, But we have a lot of under-shepherds. So your community group leaders, people who are checking in with you, you need to be involved in a lot of little small flocks. You can't do it on your own. To be a sheep means you need to belong to a flock. Number three, we need a sheepfold. Right, some of us aren't even at the spot where we're in the sheepfold yet. We're kind of on the outside and we're trying to figure out how do I get to know God? How do I have the security of knowing that I'm loved by a shepherd? How do I have that? How do I have the protection there? Jesus made it very clear. I'm the door. I'm the only way in. If if you think you can get to God by any other way, he calls you a thief and a robber. The only way to the Father is through Christ. And that's through saying, Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you came and gave your life for me. Thank you for dying on the cross. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to give my life to serve you. And we are part of the sheepfold when that happens. Lastly, and we're going to close on this, I want us to remember where our future is headed because, man, even in the midst of having a good shepherd here on earth, there's still a lot of pain and there's still a lot of hurt and it's not complete yet. But I want you to hear these words of our future promise with God in heaven with what it will be like when we get the good shepherd face to face. And this will be my prayer so we can close and end on this. This is from the latter part of Ezekiel 34, and this is our future promise. You can pray with me. I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and all the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will send down the showers in their season. They shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in their land. And they shall know that I am the Lord. When I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those who enslave them, They shall no more be a prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations, so that they shall no more be consumed with hunger in the land, and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. Father, I thank you that you are a good shepherd. I know all of us have had pain from earthly leaders. I know we all long for leaders who are good. And we've been around some of them. All of us have been good at points, but we all fail too. And we recognize there's only one good shepherd. God, I thank you that all the way back in Ezekiel 34, as you recognize so many bad shepherds, you said, I myself will come and be their shepherd. God, I thank you that you have given us yourself, a good shepherd who loves us. I thank you for the promise of the future that we have, and I thank you for the life we have now, where as we are your sheep, when we wander you catch us. When we're hurt, you heal us. God, when we need to feel loved, you love us. Thank you for being a good shepherd. We love you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to today's teaching from Northwest Hills Community Church. We hope you find ways to apply the gospel to your life. And be sure to check out our website, nwhills.com, where you'll find ways to engage, including resources like our application questions. Thanks again for listening.